Welcome to the Awake Church Podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. Hope you had a great week. I want to uh, give you a very quick update um, before I jump in here. Just on the building project that's going on, for those who don't know, we um, purchased this last June after uh, a long search and uh, a year of wrangling back and forth and uh, thought we bought something, then we got kicked to the curb and then we came back around. And uh, anyway, long story is that we purchased a piece of property. It's nine and a half acres with 73,000 square feet of building. It's the shopping center called Renolda Commons on the corner of Renolda Road and Yadkinville Road. And so we bought that in June for an amazing price. And honestly, it still is just, uh, still I think of it really weekly, probably, if not daily, just how good God is to us. You know, we bought that whole property for $1.3 million. And that is uh, amazing. The tax value on it at the time was 56 and uh, so we're fixing it up and getting tenants in there. We're preparing to move into it. We're, we're working on financing right now. We're at the last stages of that. So I anticipate that will happen here shortly. I'd love to share the details when we get that all, um, I guess, figured out and all the way completed. But a lot of things are moving in such a great way. And what I can just say is that God is helping us. God is helping us. He's given us great favor in every area, and we're just seeing incredible things. We're having people from the neighborhoods and from the, I talked I, weekly, I would say, whether we get phone calls or people stop by, I ran into someone here a couple days ago that wasn't well, not even on the property, just saying, um, it's amazing what you guys are doing out there. You're bringing up the whole area, it's changing. We're so glad you're here. Even people who don't know the Lord and don't want church around, they are saying, thank you. We love what's going on there. So uh, I'm excited for what God has for us. It is just a building. It is just a place for us to be, but it also, it is a place for us to, to be, to worship, to, um, to grow in relationship with one another, to minister in the community, to have a place to, I would say, touch the city in a greater fashion. So I'm just really grateful. Thanks for your prayers, for your giving. We need to continue all those things. We still have some hurdles to get through um, as we get there. Our hope is to close on a loan here by the end of November, um, start some demo work in December, and start some building in January. That's the hope, and be in there next June. Uh, our lease ends here the end of June, 22, so we need to be out. So that's, uh, that's where we're headed, um, but thanks again for your prayers, and um, goodness sake, just, I've been so encouraged by all of you, and uh, not only your generosity, but just your, your excitement, your volunteering, all those things. So uh, that's what's going on there. Uh, won't belabor that. I also want to say happy All Saints Day. So I don't know if you know this or not, but you know, the origin of Halloween isn't like Dracula or something like that. It's actually um, during the first few centuries after Jesus, the new followers of Jesus were persecuted severely, particularly the first 300 years until Constantine stopped all of that in the year 313. But before that, Christians were fed to lions and all that stuff. We know some of the history of that. And the ones who had died, the martyrs, uh, over the next few centuries, um, the believers wanted to honor those who had died for the sake of the cross, for love of Jesus. 
And so they started something on November 1st called All Saints Day. And it was a day to honor all those who have died following Jesus. And so they would have, they would get ready for the celebration the day before. And they called the day before Hallow's Eve, the day before of All Saints Day. So, of course, that turned into, over time, unfortunately, Halloween and celebrating a lot of other things. But the origin, honestly, was to honor those who have gone before us, our mothers and fathers in the faith. Something else, huh? I also happen to believe that I really think Jesus was probably born around this time frame. We don't know that. It really wasn't December 5th. I'm certain of that. But um, probably was around this time is my guess. Um, when you look at the, the calendars and uh, just all the things in the, in the scriptures, but it's a great day. This is the day that the Lord has made, Amen. right? Let's rejoice and be glad in it. And we can be thankful for those who have gone before us too. So Lord, thank you for all of the saints, all those who have spurred us and passed the baton onto the next generation of following you, of living for you in righteousness and loving you, loving their lives not even unto death. Lord, Lord, we just say thank you for them. In Jesus' name. All right. All right, well, I want to jump in here and continue with a series that we started here. Beth shared last week. Uh, so thankful for her doing that. And she always has a lot to bring. And so grateful for the, the spirit and the message, uh, the life that she has. And um, I started the week before that, um, this series called Living the Life. And so we're just talking about ways to not only be close to the Lord, but how to live as believers. So in that first week when I shared, I talked some about our moment of salvation being the beginning, being the very beginning, not the end, but the beginning. It's just like when a baby is born. Yes, they've been cooking for a while, but when they're born, it starts a brand new relationship with the mom because they can now see her. They were in her, now they can see her. They could hear dad's voice through the skin and the bag of waters. It was muffled, but now this baby is out in the air. So it starts this brand new way of living. And when you and I became born again, it's like we came out of the bag of waters of confusion where everything was muddled. And then we come to new life and we breathe as if we breathe for the very first time. And we can see for the very first time and things are clear. And it starts something, this relationship with God, with our Father. It's not the end, it's the beginning, right? It's the beginning of a life worth living. We're thankful there's things that are finalized in the sense that we get to live forever from that point, but it is a brand new beginning of knowing God, of being known by him, and going on this lifelong journey and path of getting to know him. Jesus said in John 17, verse three, this was right before he died, this is eternal life, that they, speaking of anyone, may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. So eternity and eternal life for you and I is about knowing God, knowing him. And there's a significant difference between knowing about someone and knowing them. Significant, huge chasm in between. I know about some famous people. You can watch them on TV. You can learn about them. You can study about them. You can read books about them, all those things. 
But guess what? I've never met any of them. I don't know them. It's a big difference. We can read this book and learn a lot about God. We can learn a ton about him. We can learn about him from other people and their experiences. We can hear 10,000 messages, but not know him because there's a big difference in knowing about. Knowing about goes right up here. Knowing about is what religion is. It's all up here. It's living in the head, not living in the heart. Knowing some of it, there's many of you in this room, I do not know. I really don't. Some of you, I really do. Because of some time and because of opportunities where we've had together, where I get to know you. And God wants us to know him, not just about him. He wants us to know about him too. We're we're to be continually growing in our knowledge and understanding of him. But those should be springboards into really knowing him. 1 John 1, the apostle John said, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Our fellowship, the fellowship that I have is with the Father and with the Son. Can we each say that? I have fellowship with the Father and with the Son. If not, then we give, we get to. If not, then this is uh, an adventure that awaits. If not, then I need to change some things because I want to have fellowship with the Father and with the Son. How do we get to know this invisible, all-powerful, all-knowing, unique, holy creator? So what I want to talk about today, a little bit of that. The world is full of systems, full of systems, programs, ways of doing things. Computers have added to all of that, right? A computer is programmed to do certain things where it functions. You put it data in and it functions in a certain way and it kicks data out and it's helpful. I'm thankful for systems. I'm thankful. You know, one of the things I appreciate, if you ever go to Germany or Switzerland, the way they do things. From the moment you get into a parking lot, an airport in Germany or Switzerland, I mean, the details of the lights above each empty space, you can look down a row and all you're looking for lights is there's an empty spot of red light or a green light and the traffic flows perfectly and the mechanical, that's why they make all the watches and stuff because they're so good at the details. And they put these systems in that are just set. I love those kind of things. Systems work well. If you go to a coffee shop, your hope every time you go there is you get the same tasting coffee every time. You don't want it to be good one day and lousy the next. It's because they have a system in place. Those systems can be good. When you go to Chick-fil-A, except for today, because <laughs> they're closed on Sunday, right? You hope, like when I get there, I order my spicy chicken deluxe sandwich. Mm, that's good if you haven't had that yet. It's really tasty. But I want it the same way every single time. I want those people in there to have a system, a process document. I want them to do it the same way every time. Hot. Needs to be hot. Needs to be juicy. Needs to be fresh. The fries need to be crispy. Not soggy, right? I want it the same way every time. Systems are helpful. Really good when it comes to business. If you're going to be successful in business, you need to have systems in place 
that cause that business, you're doing the same things over and over and over and over. Your employees are doing the same things over and over so that it functions well. But with Christianity, it's different. Religion takes a system and applies it to Christianity. It's not what it is, though. It's primarily a relationship. Now, relationship is different. Now we enter things like marriage. Marriage isn't a system. You make it a system, you have a lousy marriage. Right? If it's just operational, if it's just functional, if it's just tolerating one another, if it's just doing the same thing every day, you're going to be bored, for one. And your hearts don't come alive. Might be functional. You might eat, you might be alive, but it's not alive. Christianity is not a system. It is a living, vibrant relationship with the Father and the Son. And we follow him. And there might be some elements of some systems that we implement, but we don't trust in, lean on, or do every time. Except for, I'll mention a couple that may be a part of it but it's not primarily a system. It's primarily a relationship, a living relationship with the Father. And there are so many people, and I run into them sometimes, who are so full of information related to God and related to religion, and they will try and beat you up with those things and say that if you don't do it this way, then you're not really a Christian and you're not really doing it the right way. Or they have this type of doctrine, if it's not applied this way, then you're not really... Well, it's interesting what Jesus didn't highlight those things. He invited us to know him and to follow him. And the God of creation loves doing things differently, uniquely. And I found that in relationships, it's that way, particularly with my wife. I have found that she doesn't like, she's spontaneous. If you know my wife, she is more spontaneous than I am. And she likes things that are fresh, that are new, that are different. I come home often and the bedroom is all rearranged. (laughs) And I liked it exactly how it was before. I was just fine with it. It was never a thought in my mind that we should rearrange this. This is working well. But she doesn't like that. She doesn't want the same every time. She, it's going to get, it's, oh, the bed's over here, and man, like, where's my stuff? And, you know, the kitchen gets rearranged. I'll, I don't, I'm more, no, let's just keep it a certain way. She wants it different. In our relationship, she wants to have, let's do something fresh. Let's do something different. Let's go somewhere different. Let's eat somewhere different. Let's eat something different. Let's talk about different things. <laughs> Systems don't work with her. <laughs> I can't system this relationship out. And we can't with God. We can't with God. He's inviting you into, here he is, the creator of everything. Of everything. Who doesn't do anything the same way twice. Doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a planet, a star, a snowflake, a fingerprint, a rock, a tree, a bush, a plant, a bee. It doesn't matter what it is. They're unique. And this is the God that says, come to me and let's have a relationship. So it's going to be fresh. It's going to be unique. It's going to be different. It's going to be alive. It's going to cause your heart to pound extra. 
This is what you and I are invited into. Not in something stale, not religion, not just formula and format. You follow this and everything works out. Not you do it this way every time. It's going to be different. It's going to be unique. It's going to be wonderful. And I really have learned so much about growing in God and knowing him through marriage. Seeing that it is, it has to stay alive. That it has to be unique. It needs to be different. And then we have like marriage, this relationship that God has invited you into. What, what, what kind of invitation is that? Amazing. We should thank him every day right there just on that. Thank you for the invitation that I get to know you. You know, think of the famous people in the world. There are so many people who just love to get to know them. But that invitation doesn't go out to them. But you and I, it's completely different with God. The invitation is out there. Here's some proof. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus said, come to me. All, I always love that word in there when Jesus uses it. All you who labor and are heavy laden, who are overburdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart and you'll find rest for your souls. He's saying, come and exchange with me. Come to me, everyone, every single one who's heavy, labored, have burdens, come. Open invitation for all time. Never stops. We can come to him at any time. Isn't that something? Doesn't matter how early, how late, in the middle of the day. We can always come to him. Wide open invitation. John 6, 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger. He who believes in me will never thirst. There's something about coming to him and receiving from him what he has that satisfies us in ways that nothing else does. And we can come to him, eat of him. Part of what communion is, is this symbolic thing that represents something real of eating of him, of drinking of him. Revelation 22, verse 17 the spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who's thirsty, come. Let the one who wishes take the water of life without cost. Wide open. Just come and drink. Revelation 3.20, behold, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens up the door, I will come into him and I will dine with him and he with me. If anyone, that's like the word all, I'm knocking on a door. If you will open, I will come in. You know, the invitation there is to dine with Jesus, to have a meal with Jesus. I went on a date last night with my wife. And what do we do? We go eat. We went and ate. That, something about relationship around food is a builder. It's something you enjoy together. And Jesus, they're the same way. He says, I'm knocking. How about a date? How about a date? If you respond to me, I'm going to have dinner with you. Drink a little wine. Have a little food. We're going to have fellowship together. We're going to have fellowship together. That's the invitation from the Savior of the world and the creator of everything. 
to dine with him, to have a meal with him, this relationship. In Psalm 105, verse 4, Old Testament, seek the Lord. Another word for pursuing, like you pursue a spouse, is to seek, to pursue, to go after. We all know how to do this, by the way. I remember when I laid eyes on my wife the very first time, November 5th, 1990. I remember the date, remember the moment. First, I saw her dark hair, all this dark flowy hair got my attention. Then I spotted her, then I tried to make a beeline to meet her, start talking to her, looked in her eyes. I thought, oh my goodness, I want to get to know you more. (laughs) It's exactly what I thought. And I made every effort from that moment to do that, to get to know her more. And I overdid it, in fact. I pursued full on, full on pursuit, so much that it scared her. It's like, easy fella. I want that much pursuit. And I understand that. I did overdo it. God's not that way, though, in that he says, whoa. He's okay with as much pursuit of him as we have. And he'll reveal as much of himself as we want. We can have as much of him as we desire. We can be as close to him as anyone else has ever been. But it's what do we want? You know how to pursue. Do we want to though? There's the thing. Do I desire that? Do I want that? I know as a a dad and even as a husband, I want my wife and I want my kids to want me. It's built in there. I'm just going to say it. Be honest. Being vulnerable. I want my kids to ask me questions. A lot of times they don't. I want them to want to spend time with me. Sometimes they don't. You know, as they get older too, I'm a hero in the beginning. You know, I'm the dad that can beat up everybody else in the, in the neighborhood until they turn about 12. And then, you know, you're just dad and you're stupid jokes. But I want them to want to be around me. God wants that very thing. Our Father wants us to want him. He said to Jeremiah, call to me and I'll answer you. And I'm going to show you things you know nothing about. Call to me. But he's like inviting him to call to him. And then he's going to answer. He doesn't just answer. He wants the call. He wants the seeking. He wants the pursuit. It's the way that God is. And then Jeremiah says, God says in Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. You will seek me and you'll find me. There's an amazing promise right there. Any seeking that we do, we will find him. If we seek him, we will find him. That's amazing. This isn't a seeking and an empty pursuit. This is not a pursuit with a dead end. This is not um, a cul-de-sac. You're going down this pursuit and it goes nowhere. This is Jesus saying, this is the Father saying, if you seek me, you will find me. I'm gonna let myself be found by you. It's like the dad playing hide-no-seek with a little kid. He's not gonna hide so hard that he won't be found. He's gonna reveal himself. That's how the Father is with us. And then Jesus said in the New Testament, seek first the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, what he has to give. 
James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. There are moments that you and I have in this pursuit and in this great adventure, the greatest adventure of all time for every single person on this planet is the pursuit and the adventure of knowing God. It is. It's, it's, there's nothing greater. Climbing Mount Everest is not greater. Find that going to the deeps of the ocean, the depths of the ocean, to discover new creatures, that's not the greatest adventure. The greatest adventure is knowing God, the one who made it all the one who made us. And we get to know him in ways that no one else has ever gotten to know him. We get to ask him questions that maybe no one has ever asked him. We get to be found by him. We get to have experiences with him that words cannot describe. You might get caught up to the third heaven as happened with Paul. You might have an experience with an angel. You might have an experience with Jesus walking into the room. I've heard all these stories from many different people and I've had some of them myself experiences with him, his presence. There's nothing like his presence. His presence will change your day. His presence will change a week, a month, a year. His presence is so wonderful. How do we do these things though? Well, I'm gonna give you some keys, not a system. There's no system. But there are some keys to getting to know him, just like there are keys to a relationship, a marriage. There are ways that you can, we want to keep learning. I want to keep learning and growing in this relationship with my wife. There are keys and ways to have this lifelong exploratory discovery of God to enhance that and to help it to get better. So I want to talk about some of those today because this is your great adventure. One of the things is, I'm going to say, is just to express what's in your heart. And even this one, I want to know you, God. Have you ever said that to him? We sing it probably. I want to know you. I want to know you better than I do right now. I want to know you better than I did yesterday, the day before. I want to know you. Just voicing that, just by saying that. He's saying, call to me, I'm going to answer you. That's one calling to him that we can do. Lord, I want to know you more. Talk to him. Just talk to him just like you're talking to me, just like you're talking to your spouse or your friend, talk to God. You may seem silly doing it. Do it. Talk to him while you're walking around. Talk to him while you're driving your car. Just talk to him. You know, it's scriptural. Moses says, says in Ezekiel, or excuse me, not Ezekiel, Exodus chapter three, Moses is walking in the backside of the wilderness and he says to himself basically, Oh, look at that bush. I must turn aside now and see this great sight. He's talking to himself. It's okay to talk to yourself. It's okay to talk to the Lord out loud. It's called prayer, for one. And we want to spend time, any relationship that's going to grow and have strength and have roots and be alive takes time. It's one of the greatest gifts we can give to anybody. Give someone your time. Give some, someone your presence for moments. Same with the Lord, to give him our time because there's a lot of things that want to fill that. There are constant demands, constant things to do, to be done. List of things I've got to do. God's inviting us to give him our time. The one who lives outside of time. We can give him that, our time. 
And you want to guard that relationship with the Lord. Don't let other things steal the time that you give to him. Don't let other things, we get to be the, the controller of this. To not let other things steal. And then here's another one. I want you to involve God in everything. This is a big one. This is anti-religion right here. Because religion is compartmentalization. God gets this. Family gets this. Work gets this. Um, this is what I do over there. God mostly Sunday. You know, whatever. In the kingdom and in this family, and you are a saint in this kingdom, been born again, filled with the spirit of the living God. You carry him where you go. The compartmentalization goes away. And he's now in you at all times. He's with you at all times. And we can be in the spirit. We can live in the spirit. Even while we're focused on our work, we can here and there just ask him questions or say things to him or help or whatever it is. But where there's this constant fellowship with God, your spirit isn't disconnected from him while you're doing something else. We stay connected to him in the midst of our work, in the midst of our family life. I'm staying connected to him in my thoughts. I mean, you can do a couple of things at once too, by the way. Women better than men most of the time. I'll go back to my wife on this one too. We could be in a restaurant and we could be talking and she's hearing every conversation that's going on at this table over here and which song is playing that I didn't know there was music even being played at this moment. <laughs> she knows the song, she hears the conversation and she's talking about, I have no understanding how that works. <laughs> Multifaceted. But we can, in the midst of everything that we're doing, stay connected in spirit with God. Paul says it this way. He says, I pray without ceasing. I'm not stopping this communication, this flow with God. I'm saying things to him. I'm listening for him. Pray without ceasing. So we want to involve him in everything. We don't want to compartmentalize life. You know, when I worked for, I used to work for the government, worked for the CIA, that organization is extremely compartmentalized. I had no clue what anyone else did in the rest of the agency. I was in my sphere, in my lane, doing my thing, and they didn't want me to know what was going on over there. And it just incredibly compartmentalized. The kingdom is not that. The kingdom is this amalgamation and this bringing together of the spirit of God into every part of what you do and who you are. Whether it's your love life, whether it's every relationship, whether it's your work, whether it's exercising, driving a car, involve God in it. Invite him into that. Talk to him in the middle of all those things. He wants to be that close and near. Then I want to say consume and ingest. These scriptures are meant to be not just read and turned into information. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16, Jeremiah says, your words, I ate them. I ate them. And they became to me the joy and the delight of my heart. I ate them. I ingested them. There's a spiritual eating. It's like Jesus saying, take a bite of my arm. He's not talking about that for real. He said, don't eat my real flesh. But he's talking about spiritually, eat of me. Drink of me. Jeremiah is saying, I eat of the words of God. 
and they become a joy on the inside of me. They become the delight of my heart as I ingest this. So we don't want to just read it for information. We want to ingest it into our spirit and let it become a springboard into knowing him. Not just about him, but when I learn something about him, I want to turn that into knowing him. It's a beautiful way to live with this, these scriptures. They're so amazing. It's like, um, you know, I have a key ring full of keys. And that key gets me into my house. When I open up the door, I can live in that place, in that place. But the key isn't a system, it's a tool to get somewhere. The Lord has given us several things that are keys. One of them is this, that helps us get somewhere. And that getting somewhere is that relationship with him. I see what he's like. I see the opportunity. I see, he says, come boldly before the throne of grace. I see that he says, come near and exchange with me. Anything that's heavy laden, anything that's anxiety filled, I can exchange with him. So now I go and I live in that place. The scriptures are an invitation to know the living God. That's why he created us. He created us to be known by him, to walk with him, to live with him, to have fellowship with him, to worship him. And then exchange. There's several ways to exchange that Matthew chapter 11, come to me and I'll give you what I have. You give me what you have. What a great deal. One of those things we can do is fasting is, is that way. I know that's a, it's a dirty word, fasting. Here I'm talking about Chick-fil-A sandwiches and I'm talking about fasting. And it can feel like, no, not doing that one. I'm telling you what, fasting is a beautiful way. Because what you do when you fast, if you don't do it with a religious spirit up here, but if you do it from your heart, you're exchanging something that I would enjoy food-wise that fills my stomach for something that fills my spirit. I'm just making it, I'm, I'm gonna make an adjustment. I'm gonna make an exchange today. Exchange of my time for, instead of time of filling my tummy, I wanna fill my spirit with you and enjoy you in this moment. So that's basically fasting. And that is something we can do with God, this participatory, relational thing, denying the other voices that are pulling. And I'm saying, God, I choose you over food right now. I'm not doing it to earn something. I'm doing it because I just love you and I want to be in your presence. I'd rather have you than food in this moment. Fasting can be a way of doing that. And also in the middle of that, we can exchange our anxiety and other things. Listening to him. Boy, the world is filled with noise and words. All kind of stuff. Everybody has an opinion or 10,000 each. Tons of opinions, tons of noise, tons of words. And I'm struck with a couple of things. One, when Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and he said, follow me, and they went up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus was transfigured before them. And Peter says, oh my goodness. He said, uh, I wanna, let's make a monument here. One for Elijah, because there's Elijah. One for Moses, let's make one for him. One for, let's, let's make some monuments to, to memorialize this moment. And at that time, the Father speaks from heaven. First time that's happened since Mark chapter one at the river when Jesus was baptized. And the father says this, this is my beloved son, Peter, James, and John. Jesus is my beloved son. 
listen to him. That was the end of the conversation. It's the only thing the father said in that moment. Here's Jesus. Listen to him. Listen to him. It was a reminder that we need to also be listening to Jesus. Any relationship is two-way, not one-way. So I need to also be listening. If I'm gonna grow in him, if I'm going to know him, then I want to be listening to him. Isaiah chapter 50, verse four, talks about this as well. The Lord has given me the tongue of disciples that I may know how to sustain a weary one with a word. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. The Lord awakens our ears to listen, to listen for him, to look for him, to await him. And so along with that, we wanna be paying attention. We wanna be fully awake and fully aware of what he might be saying throughout the day. This is one of the things, and I'll talk more about this later on as we talk about hearing God's voice, but this is one of the things that has changed my relationship with the Lord as much as any, I would say, is this right here, is paying attention to the ways he might be speaking to me. And it's not just through his word, though primarily through the word, but there's a thousand other ways, many more than that, thousands of other ways that he can talk. And if I'm paying attention, if I'm fully aware, I'll hear him and it might be come through you, might come through your voice, might come through a revelation that you have, it might come through a sign that I see, it might th- come through something I s- spot on the ground where the, God is communicating in so many different ways, just like he did to those in the Bible, talking to us if we're listening. But if we're not listening, means you're not expecting anything. What you're expecting is to say something. What you're expecting is to request. You know, you know those type of relationships you're with someone and they never ask you one question. And all they do is tell you things. All they do is tell you, tell you, tell you. They don't ask one thing. And I don't want to be that way with God. I don't want to just tell him, tell him, tell him. I want to be listening. I want to be paying attention. What are you saying, Lord, today? What might you say to me? What might you highlight today? And he does things different every day. So it's not a system again. It's, oh, man. Man, I was, I was taken aside. This thing brought, you know, alerted my curiosity and I went after this and I found God there. I found God saying something to me in that. It's this alive, vibrant relationship. I'm driving down the road and there's a license plate in front of me and it just stands out to me. And then I read it and it's like, what? Oh, it takes me on a journey. There's something God is trying to say to me through this. There's a scripture that comes to mind and it, I go there. And it takes me, he's saying something to me through that verse right there, this journey with him as I'm listening, as I'm awaiting him, as I awake and my ear is open to listen as a disciple, my spiritual ear, not just my natural one, but I'm looking for him because this is a relationship and it's all the time. It's not sometimes, it's all the time. It's a relationship all the time. Even while we're talking, he might be talking to me while you're talking to me. While I'm talking to you, he can be talking to you. And it might be something I'm saying or something entirely different. It's this living, alive relationship with God. Man, when we get to see him face to face, we don't want him to say, I never knew you. Man, we want to hear not only well done, but I knew you. Wasn't that a fun life you had? Did you enjoy getting to know me while you were there? 
Now wait for what's next. You know, that's it. Did you enjoy this time with me while you had me there? While you knew me in that way? Now I'm gonna show you how I am now. We get to know him now. How he works, what he likes, what he doesn't like. His will, his purpose, his plan, his loves, his likes, his hates. We get to know him, the greatest adventure of all time. Then we get to worship. One of the ways to know him is to worship him, which we're just doing. One of the wonderful things that is in one sense a system that we have that we use is worship. Because on Sundays, we worship every Sunday. And then we usually have someone that speaks every Sunday. So we have a little bit of a system inside this thing, though we don't do the same thing every single time. But there's worship, and worship is an amazing way to connect with him and to praise him and to thank him and to celebrate him and to remember what he's done. And there's this interchange with us and him while we're together corporately. It's an incredible thing. It's an incredible way to get to know him if we allow it to, or we can just come and sing songs. Now that's different. I can just come and sing songs or I can be the song. I can dive in. Worship can be a springboard into, whoo boy, Holy Spirit, you are here and I'm enjoying you and I'm worshiping you and I'm listening for you also at the same time. I'm here to know you. Completely different, right? Encourage you to go on a date with the Lord. Set aside time. Eat with him. Commune with him. Dive in with him. I, uh, probably 13 years ago or so, I was going to exercise one day. I was going down in my basement to do some pull-ups. And I heard the Lord internally, wasn't audible, say to me, um, your church needs to get more spiritually fit. I went, okay, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so I started to seek him about that. And these ideas started coming to me about some of the things I've just been sharing, about how we get to know him, different ways that we can exchange with him. And so I put together this writing and we went through it as a church, a 21-day adventure. I forgot what I called it in the beginning. And we did this as a church and I noticed that as we did this together, you guys will remember this, um, that our worship like went to different levels on Sundays. And um, it was a wonderful thing. And then I turned it into a book, really, put it in a book form, and it's called The Extraordinary Journey. And it's now a 22-day, uh, what I call it, not a, it's not really a book. It's a spiritual adventure guide. And so it's taking some things, including fasting, finding your birthday scripture, listening to God, stepping out, to serve him and to love other people, but it's all jammed in there. And you can do it, you can stretch it out from 22 days to 22 weeks and do one thing a week instead of one thing a day. However you want to use it, you can pick and choose. Most people hate the fasting part. You can skip that if you want to. But um, I just wanted to mention that because it is available if you have any interest in it. It's at the Welcome Center called The Extraordinary Journey. You can go out and buy it on Amazon too. But it's really to help people get engaged with God in creative ways to cause their personal life with him to come alive because he wants to walk with us. He wants to talk with us. He wants to tell us things that we don't know and that he does. 
we get to have this relationship with him. So I encourage you to continue this relationship, to grow in it even more, to voice what you're feeling, what you desire. And if you don't desire it, I ask you to seek about and consider taking that and making it a desire and making it a priority of seeking God, of pursuing him, not just knowing about him or living a good life, but to seek him. And when we seek his face, he will make himself known to us. It's a great adventure. All right, let me pray for us as we go. Lord, I want to say thank you for who you are, for what you've done. Thank you that we get to know you. Unlike anyone else in the world, only those who have responded to your invitation, you then have ripped open the veil and said, here I am. I, get to, I want a fellowship with you. I want to know you as a father and a son, a father and a daughter. I want to be in your dreams and have time with you. I want to reveal myself to you. Lord, thank you that you've done all those things. We just choose even right now, Lord, to put you in the highest place. We desire to know you more than we ever have. And Lord, I pray for a hunger on the inside to be stirred up. Kind of like, Lord, if I were to hand out one Pringle to everyone right now, they would have a hunger for more Pringles. <laughs> and Lord, we ask for that right now. As I hand out even just the thought of getting to know God, I pray that it would stir up our taste buds and our hunger spiritually to know you more, to be found in you, to be found by you, to experience you, to have experiences we've never had, to walk with you and talk with you. Lord, I pray that we would be able to be called your friends because you know us and we know you. That Lord, when we see you in heaven or our eyes behold you for the very first time, it would not be a shock. It would be a continuation of something we've already had here. Lord, I pray that you would help all of us to know you this way to know you so well, to hear you so well. Open our ears to listen as a disciple, morning by morning. May we be fully awake to pay attention to you through the day. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.